Welcome to Nine Point Started With A Dream Podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode features Taylor Milton, pro volleyball player, and we go through her journey. It's a mixture of our 2020 episode we did with her, something we did today in 2022, kind of give a mixture of her complete journey. So hope you enjoy. Great story here. Um, and let's get to it. So, Taylor, the question that everyone that comes on is when you're younger as an athlete, what was one of your bigger dreams and goals you want to achieve? I think growing up, I was always playing a lot of sports. I was playing soccer, basketball, swimming, volleyball. So all you ever wanted to do was be good. But as soon as I got to high school and I kind of chose to take the course with volleyball, I was like dead set on earning a scholarship to college and becoming the best collegiate athlete I possibly could. And I never even foresaw professional volleyball on my horizon. It wasn't even dropped until my senior year of college. And they were like, an agent contacted my coach and was like, does she want to play pro? So probably just the progressive steps of being the best that there was ever out there. So when it came to sports, how did you kind of land in volleyball? Gosh, my whole family growing up, they're swimmers, triathletes, water polo, and I just wanted to do something different. I was playing soccer and it was fun, but I was like super tall. So I was kind of like just the tall one that pushed around the short fast girls. And I don't know, it never really sunk in. And I tried volleyball one year when I was in like middle school and I was like, I'm kind of good at this and it's like catered to tall girls. And I don't know, it, it was like, I think this is my thing. And it was my thing, you know, my, my family being athletic had their own sports and I wanted to kind of find success doing something entirely different. Definitely. So you're from what, what California, correct? Yes. So California, you know, there's a lot of the beach volleyball and like that. So we kind of ever involved in that growing up a little bit. Yeah. I actually kind of got involved in the USA beach volleyball circuit early college, late high school. And I trained with them. I would drive up to LA and participate in that. And I played a lot of doubles beach in the summertime because it didn't even become like a real sport until the end of my collegiate career. So we play for fun. It's a great way to keep in touch with friends. I still do whenever I'm off season, but not as much as I would have liked, like some of these girls that are getting to play pro or beach in college, the coolest. I wish that I had stuck around college a couple more years in order to make it work but my master's was not was not calling my name so when you have this thing when you say you know you wanted to be you know like one of the best college you know volleyball players how did you go from like that young age to trying to think like how I'm going to make this reality like into a professional or, or just like from high school or like or middle school to college how, how do you think about how I'm going to get there I had really good role models. My parents, you know, they told me, if you want to be good, you got to work for it. And talent's only going to take you so far. I think they both being raised, prioritizing athletics, aside from education and having to earn their way to college with athletic scholarships, it gave me that same mindset. It was just kind of always like a part of me. I was competing against my mom when we would go on a run. I was competing against my brother. And I think it instilled this sense of competitive drive that like helped you like latch on to something. And I would just take it piece by piece. I realized I, if I want to go to school for me, I wanted to earn a scholarship and I 
put in the effort to train after school and take my high school volleyball as serious as I could, you know, earn, earn a spot on varsity. Then once I earn that play on varsity, once I earn that help them be successful. And from there, I never really foresaw super far out, but I would take what was in front of me and I would just try and be the best I could and the best that was there. Cause I had this like need to be the best, whether I was or wasn't, something was going on up here and I had to make it work. <laughs> so, you know, like I realized, you know, from that interview that a lot of us have our idols, right? You know, like we have the Michael Jordan, the Kobe, you know, the Tom Brady, XYZ. So for you, who was like your idol that you would like watch, try to like kind of emulate or try to model their moves? It's kind of funny because for the longest time, even when I was playing volleyball, Mia Hamm, a soccer player, was my idol. I still think being the athletic overall athlete will always make you better. And (laughs) so my idol was a soccer player. But as I got a little bit more involved in the volleyball and I really started following people and whatnot, Carrie Walsh was a bit older than me so I could follow along. And I never really gravitated towards one player, but my dad was the athletic director for the recreational department at UCSD. And I would go and watch all their collegiate games. Didn't know much of the girls, but I would just be so infatuated with college volleyball. And it was like, they were superstars. And so I would just try and beg my parents to let me go either watch professional soccer, which at the time was the Toreros, the um, USD stadium had the professional women's soccer team playing. So I would go down and watch them or I would go watch collegiate volleyball. And I kind of just kept it very vague on who I followed, but tried to get an idea of what the next level could look like. Definitely. And then, yeah, that. And so at what point were you like, wow, I'm pretty good at this? I don't know. I kind of like made my way through the different positions too, until I really realized that that I was pretty good. It probably was my freshman year of high school. I made the varsity team. And like, that's when I started getting some positive feedback for the first time from my high school coach. And then I transitioned to a club with an amazing staff that was so helpful and they wanted me to be successful. And I think hearing that from the people that were teaching me Mm. is when I realized I was like, wow, okay, I think I got this. I think I can do something with this or maybe this is where I should be focusing my time and energy. So probably early high school. So I've been learning a lot about volleyball and I'm realizing how there's like the club level and there's the high school level, right? So what's that club experience like? Is it almost just like the AAU of, of volleyball in a sense? Like, like, yeah, so I think AAU is the same as Junior Olympics, or maybe it's one and the same now. I'm not entirely sure. High school was like the three initial months of fall that you would play, which would lead you up to club. I think club started around Christmas and you play all the way until summer, July. I mean, at that age, I was like, felt like a professional, you know, it was the highest level of volleyball you could play at that age in the States. You know, there's no pro and you're competing against all the different regional teams. I think you play all around California, up in LA. And then you would have at the end of the season, the JOs or the AAUs where you're playing against the teams in the country. And so you're getting to compete at the highest level at that age. And in your mind, it's the coolest thing until you knew that there was more out there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So we got the high school, you know, and you're, you're starting to feel like, hey, I'm getting a little swagger with it, you know, like, 
like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good with this. So when did like that first offer come or that first like call of recognition? Oh man, I was pretty shy actually. So I, I didn't really know how to be good and show it off, but I really gravitated towards my high school team because the girls were seniors. There was a huge senior class. And when I was a freshman, one of the juniors was committed to Santa Clara, which is where I actually ended up going. And her head coach would come in and he would come and watch her. And they had such a good relationship. And I got my first kind of idea of what college volleyball was through him, her, and that school. And that just, before I even recognized or realized it, that was where I was going because I was like, oh my God, the school's amazing. It was very similar to my high school. So by my sophomore year, even though I had kind of grown into myself, I had a pretty bad injury. I dropped soccer. So many things had happened between freshman, sophomore, junior year. And I saw a ton of other colleges, great colleges. Nonetheless, I ended up circling right back to the first place I ever saw. And I committed by the end of my sophomore year verbally and then signed my junior year. So at that time, as soon as you really could, yeah. quite early, like way too early. You I mean, now, uh, yeah, oh, I was like, I'm done. I know what I want. I mean, I also thought I never wanted to leave California. I laugh at that now, being <laughs> abroad for yeah. six years. But yeah, I was like, California girl, going to stay in the sun, going to play at a small school, going to be the best at that school. Signed, sealed, delivered by my sophomore year. So, so kind of going back on that, you know, so you kind of said you had like, it was a lot, a lot happened between freshman, sophomore and junior year. So was like, it almost like, I want to sign now. So I can just lock it in and kind of have left worry, you know, like with the injury and XYZ, or you just kind of just love the school anyway. I don't know. You know, I was fighting a lot of things. Like I was, like I told you before, I always wanted to be the best, but it's a big world and there's some amazing athletes out there. And I was kind of like, do I want to go somewhere that's the best school and, and maybe not play and fulfill, you know, being able to play all the time and be good or do I want to go somewhere and challenge myself and make sure that I'm the best at a small school? And do I want to go far? Do I want to stay close? So at the time, I was kind of worried about leaving, going far. So I wanted to stay in California. That was a, a main concern. And I just wanted to like make sure that I played at a good school close by. So yeah, I don't know. I ended up choosing mostly because at the time, I had a lot of life restrictions on myself that I didn't really know I could be more than. And uh, I also just thought that was the time you committed. And so that's as good as I was going to be to be recruited. So if I was that good and what's in front of me is probably what I was going to choose from. And I didn't realize, you know, take your time. You have a junior year, you have a senior year, you're going to grow and develop and more came, but I was already locked in. So you were set. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it worked out for the best. I yeah. mean, it's, and a, good school, so that's it's a great school. Really, really good school. So let's fast forward to this college life. So now you're, you're back at kind of being the rookie again. So I have this mindset of wanting to be the best. So how did you take that new chapter and that new environment to say, all right, I can climb the ladder here? You know, I think I can't fully remember, but at the time it was like set up the same as high school. You know, it's four more years. The girls are spread out. There's seniority. There's respect level that needs to play. but if you work hard, you can get on the court. 
And I had, again, some really good positive feedback from the coaching staff. And I just kind of ran with it. I used that as my confidence. I loved fitness. I've loved fitness my whole life. And I just was like, okay, yeah, you have to be good at volleyball, but I'm just going to out hustle everybody and see what happens. It worked for a period of the season. I started, I played. Sometimes there was some stuff that went on and it was time to put the experienced players in. But for the most part, yeah, I just reset the same goal again that if I work my ass off, I'm either going to be able to show it or not. And I'm just competed in every single drill we could. I was a loose cannon and I wasn't always like the best thing out there. But, you know, when I had the opportunity to show somebody up and in a one-on-one drill or something, I made sure that they had to work their ass off to beat me and worked out. (laughs) (laughs) What did you play position wise? I was a receiving opposite for most of the season. There was a little bit of time where I like dabbled in in being a partial outside just because I had always received, but primarily the whole time I was opposite or right side. People call it also a right side. Right side. Okay. Attacker. I can give you all the words. No, <laughs> and there's no, so I, many, even internationally, there's just like a million different things that we call each position. So you got a mean spike. I could hit the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I, I play a little bit, but okay. I realized that like my coordination just isn't there where it needs to be. It's a funky sport when it comes to coordination though. It takes some seriously coordinated people out of coordination when you watch them play, like even basketball players sometimes. It's- I'm a I'm a one arm hitter. Like I'll just hit it with one arm. Just hopefully it goes the right place. I can get the. the I mean, if you're accurate, <laughs> there's no arguing with that. <laughs> I try. So you know, so you're now progressing. You know, how was school any harder than it was? You know, like trying to manage the whole student athlete life. Was it any different, or was it almost still the same as it was in high school and everything else? I mean, yeah, I would say it was a bit harder. I mean, I don't remember entirely, but I had help throughout. Like we had athletic advisors that really stayed on us and wouldn't let us lag, which for me is good because I always prioritize sports and uh, I always needed that little nip in the butt with school. But at the same time, it was a challenge because you got to choose what you wanted to study, but they weren't going to let you up. There was also some things that I struggled with and you had to keep that grade point average in order to play. So I think it was a bit harder, like learning balance. Freshman year was definitely not just the playing. It was like how to be a player, how to be a player athlete, how to be a, a student athlete, how to be a student, and then also how to like not overdo the social side. So it was a really good learning experience. I feel, I feel like freshman year. Positive, negative. <laughs> yeah, I feel like freshman year is like that trial and error period. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, like, <laughs> definitely. Like, how far left can I go and not get in trouble? Or how I know. far? <laughs> you're like, all right. Wait, you're wait. like waiting for the little zap that you've like gone a little too far. You're like, oh, okay, yep, too far. And then you just come right back a little, and then you go the other way. You like try, yeah. Yeah. You definitely learn. You learn the hard way, but that's the way I was raised, so I didn't know any different. <laughs> exactly. So what was like? What was like the hardest part about that whole college journey? Oh man. Just the adversity. I think there was, for me, you know, learning independence and learning how to do independent in a healthy mindset, you know, make good choices, how to manage money in school and life and and athletics and not get caught up in things that weren't important and how to make sure my grades stayed on track. And then also, you know, we had a lot of turnover in the actual athletic department, went through a handful of 
athletic trainers and a handful of different programs. And so it just constantly felt like they were throwing something new at us for a while. Granted, some of it was great, but it never really instilled a lot of consistency. And at that age, that's what you need. You know, you really need to learn how to establish a consistent routine, whether it's what you're eating and when you're working out and what you're doing in your workout. And a lot of girls come out of collegiate programs, you know, they're just like, it's ingrained in them. But we had a lot of different stuff and it was pretty sporadic. And so I think it was just learning how to create stability and routine and a positive lifestyle on all fronts throughout the course of four years that you are finally like by yourself. So if you could like look back, you know, like at this point in your your athletic career, what would you tell your younger self? I think it was just the like mental confidence and level of ease that I learned to kind of, or that I've acquired and I've taught myself and that I've grown into. I was such an anxious player, you know, and at some moments it was great. And now I'm just, the game is so easy. It seems slower. The fluidity makes your level of play easier attained. It doesn't mean you have to work any you don't have to work as hard, but I was so nervous and anxious all the time. And my thoughts were everywhere, but I was also trying to focus. And maybe that's just the life of a 20 something year old at the time. But I would say, chill out and learn how to simplify every part of your life. And it goes along much smoother. I need that for myself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I can put my advice out there less than I take it, but I definitely am learning to take it better. That's awesome. So, so yeah. if we read this four years, right, and you're like, now I'm time to graduate. So, how do you get the pro conversation to say I'm going to go abroad because it wasn't available in the U.S. Yeah, so it was presented to me just at the end of my senior season, so just around Christmas or January. But we were, let's see, beach volleyball had been a sport, but not like you can't have scholarships yet. It was still super trial and error. And I had played my junior year and it was just messy. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, it's a whole nother season of a sport in college. So I was like, come my senior year, I was like, I don't know if I want to play. We had a tough senior year. I was like, I don't know what I want to do regarding volleyball. So I took winter spring off, didn't play any beach. And it really gave me the time to be like, holy crap, I miss volleyball. Like, I want to pursue something more out of this. So I started doing my research. I didn't actually go with the agent that was that came to me, but I was like, all right, maybe there's more out there. I had some friends that were older than me playing pro, and I just started doing my research. And I found a great guy based out of Canada that had played with or that had been an agent to a lot of the USA girls that I knew that were playing pro. And it, it kind of just took off from there. I, I pursued it. I trained in the off season with my assistant coach from college at the time that is fantastic and got myself prepped while my agent went out and did all the searching. And I had some video put together too that I had to kind of organize. I not to come on if that they had to do like a a travel circuit, like overseas to get get a job. We didn't do all that or no? Well, there's this company that does that. It's kind of like a tour, a showcase tour, usually for girls that can't get a job firsthand, like right away or they want that extra exposure in certain countries that they're targeting, or it's a second option. I was really fortunate and I had a couple offers come in before my senior year finished and 
one I chose and then I decided out of it. And by the time before I graduated, I had um, decided on going to Germany. So I didn't need to go on a tour. But I think if I had not signed, I probably would have figured out a way to do something similar. So you chose Germany and you're there now. So. I know. Came back. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, me and the girl that said, I don't want to leave California to going way abroad. So what would, I know. What? I was like, I can never survive in the winter. I can't leave California. Oh, God. What is life like without a beach? I was, that was so terrible. And then I chose the coldest, farthest country from me. That was an option at the time. And I fell in love. This is the most, I'm here now in the same city that I played in. It's the most beautiful city, Hamburg. Uh, it has everything you could ever want in a city. And, you know, you learn, my teammates learnt, taught me how to tie a scarf. I trained three times a day. So I was mostly in the gym, didn't have to worry about wearing one. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you make life work. And it's so much easier than I could have ever realized that moving abroad was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. How often do you come back to the U.S.? Usually summer. Uh, if I'm lucky and I have enough days off for Christmas, I will come home for like four to six days for Christmas. I think I've done that two out of the six years I've played or five. And then summer. I always come home summer. It just gives me an opportunity to come train where I was raised. You know, I love getting in the gym where I played club. I love lifting with some of my friends that are trainers and just being around family. So I always make sure that at least a month, two months, I come home and I really spend some time back in San Diego. So, but isn't the summertime here winter there? No, winter okay. is wind is the same. I think that's Australia. I'm not entirely okay. sure. Actually, when I played in the Philippines was when I got the opposite season thing a little bit, or at least it felt like it. But yeah, I've experienced most of our season, which is a pity. The way they run is we, our seasons run August to April, May. So we get like primarily winters in every country we play in. <laughs> so you don't see the most beautiful sometimes, but you also get like when I lived in Lucerne in Switzerland, I got to see Winter Wonderland, which was the coolest. So when you joined this, you know, overseas and you went pro, you can like, you're like you now pro athlete. How did that feel just to know kind of how you started? Oh man, it was cool. It was super intimidating at first, you know, because I have no idea what I was walking into. I didn't know these girls are coming from all over the world. They had been playing pro since they were younger because they never had collegiate or club or any of these things. They had, you know, they have their national teams that they played on since they were younger. And then there's just like a language barrier. So I just remember there being a lot of intimidation until you kind of like got in the flow or you got to know the girls and, you know, at a professional level, it's also like, it's personally competitive. I mean, it always is, but it was like another a version of that too. So you kind of always have your guard up a little, but at the end of the day, the new challenge of, of how to be successful again in another new way was always kind of like what helped you stay on track. And then you got to absorb the different version of, of volleyball, you know, with fans and a following and feeling like a true professional based off of, you know, the leagues of how many people came or how successful you were, and the whole thing. I mean, it's not always about the outside stuff too, but uh, just kind of what the whole sport turns into when it goes professional. And the coolest for us after college is like, you get paid to play a sport and you call it your job. So I was like, oh my God, sign me up. This is the coolest. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you're now the pro athlete. You're now living abroad. What was like your your next level that you thought like I'm going? Was it just like I'm going to keep going here? Was it like another dream you wanted to achieve? Or you know, I kind of fell into this different path. I mean, you can take it so many different ways. For me, I was never really at the Olympic level. I'm too short, and I I never really got into the circuit of players for USA. And my version of professional volleyball kind of became like professional volleyball plus the hobby job. I have this full of life infatuation with travel and my goal became whatever contract was presented to me to take it on and be the best I could be team league, etc. But I also just wanted to see the world. And there were some levels out there or some clubs I was being presented where you kind of had to go to the middle of nowhere to either make money or be successful. And I kind of shied away from that. I was like, I want the best of both worlds. So I just took on the challenge of like seeing the world in a way. I can't really compete to achieve that, but every year I wanted to take a new contract in a different country so that I could play in as many places as possible for however long my career ends up being. And until this day, I managed, I did pretty much one year everywhere until now. Okay. Are you like, have like a map at your place? You know, they like mark them all With off? With all the dots. <laughs> I had one in, in each country for a while. I had, I didn't do it this past one that had all like the places within the country that I did, but I didn't do a full map. But my boyfriend and I keep talking about doing it, but maybe once I finally stop going places, I'll make one when I get bored. Okay. Quarantine would have been good for that, but not yet. <laughs> not yet. But kind of going on so on this quarantine, right? So when the news dropped that like sports are just like halting, right? How far were you into your season or was season at the start or where were you at? Oh man, we were in playoffs, but the very beginning of playoffs. So we had playoffs left and cup games and it was insane. We had a game, great game, ended up winning And it was the way that our league was set up. It was like, I think we had one more game and then you would have a league champion. And we were in first at the time. And it was just from one day to the next, we played our game. We have a day off. And they told us like, you're not coming back. Like we're done. We're shutting it down. We have to be quarantined. And we didn't get to say bye to our teammates. We didn't get to thank our coaches. I mean, in person, we, you don't get to do anything. They were like, everybody needs to stay inside. And that was that. After that point, it was like a wait by the phone for the next level of instructions of how we deal with this season ending. Um, and they didn't cancel the league itself for about a, a week after. But man, it was strange being so close to the end, but not done. And But now done. I don't know. So what was like that initial emotion that you felt or just the reaction? Kind of just like confusion because... You know, you create a routine and a regimen and mentally you're pretty burnout, but, and you're almost at the end of season anyways. And the way our seasons work is season comes to end and and you do leave. So it wasn't as difficult as I thought. It was more strange because you're already kind of mentally getting there, but it's just like somebody blew out the fire really fast, like the flame before you were supposed to leave. You're like, wait, 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 but we're not done yet. (laughs) You know? It was a pity because you really get down to the point where you're like, your goals are so close to being reachable, but it's like 
so close yet so far kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no choice in the matter. It's not like you lost and you have to come to terms. It's just like everybody's on the same page. Everybody's got to go home. And they didn't know if they wanted to meet for a champion or if they wanted to just not call a champion or there was so much unknown that everybody was just kind of like confused and waiting by the phone. I know like here in the States, like, like when the news announced for like colleges, so many athletes went to social media and just started like, you know, posting videos, like, you know, them crying, you know, and it's like all the emotion that they felt and all like, dang, that has to suck just to be like, like you're saying, you know, right there on the finish line, you're, you're seeing the voucher start about to go to Mark Madison and just, yeah and really strange and that was the thing i think that's where a lot of our inspiration came from it was like a flood on social media especially athletes i mean that's a prim- i follow a lot of them you were just seeing everybody being like this is the end for me i'm so sorry i never got to say goodbye and like everybody was just yeah it was just like every day there would be like this league was canceled these girls are going home this is canceled they're trying to leave. They don't know what to do. Do we stay? Do we go? It was some leagues. I mean, I think the last league to get canceled just got canceled like this last week, wow. which is insane. I think they let the players go, but it, it, you know, it took until now for people to really be like, this is real. We need to call it quits. Yeah. And so, so how did it work though? Cause I know like, you know, if you were like abroad and you're like, in, in, like in the U S no, it was like hard to get a flight back out to the U.S. or what was that? Yeah, it was pretty crazy for me. You stayed. You were like, uh, I'm, I'm going to go back home. Well, yes, no. My boyfriend lives in Germany. So for me, I was like, okay, I have two homes. What makes the most sense for longevity of time with this situation? You know, my parents are older. I don't own my actual own house. So I would say with my parents, if I went home, does that make sense? Is it safe for them? You know? And obviously, I usually spend a month or two in Europe anyways. The airport in Cyprus where I was living was shutting, like was officially going to close and they were going to go into lockdown. I think I was dealing with this on Wednesday and they had projected it for for Monday. And so I was like, shit, I need to get out of here. Booked a flight by Thursday for Saturday morning. I get a notification Friday that my flight was canceled because they started making rules that if you weren't an American, you weren't allowed to be in the EU if you weren't an EU citizen. And I was like, crap, I'm going to Germany. (laughs) I need to figure out a way to get in there. And so we scrambled around, changed some flights, managed to get on a flight and then, you know, got out of there for me as fast as possible before things shut down and, and flying got more complicated. I have friends that left within days after me and and there was nothing without 14 plus hours of layovers now i think there's like 50 hours flight travel is the new norm i can't even imagine yeah it's got really complicated really fast it was just like every flight was shutting down and you had to just find your way home as the the airports would shut that's wild so you're seeing all these emotions you're seeing all these videos how did the idea come about to say, I want to be a part of the conversation or I want to be a community within the conversation? My teammate at the time was my quarantine buddy, Courtney. And so the last, I don't know, a week or so that we were there, but stuff was canceled. 
she was coming over, we were cooking and we were drinking, we were having conversation and just processing, you know? And she brought it up. She's like, what do you think? Like, let's do something, you know, let's, I want to make a platform around all these different posts. Like you were saying of all these players that are, are just abruptly finishing their seasons. People have stuff, they have to be, they, everybody has something to say. Everybody has means of feeling these feelings. Everybody ha- needs somewhere to come together and relate. And I was intrigued. I-, I loved the idea. We sat down, we talked for hours about it. We wrote a message that kind of embodied what we were trying to accomplish. And with that, we created Matchpoint COVID, which was a platform of love letters to volleyball that allowed all professional collegiate athletes to jump on the same page and, and really share their feelings instead of on their own pages in one place so that people could really read and see that you're not alone, what was going on, how their career ended, you know, and common stories and puts a little bit of uh, concern, confusion, all those things in one place together. And so you don't feel alone, you know? I love it. Cause I think what happened for me, I was on IG and I was searching for like things like athlete stories that like that was revolving around COVID. Cause I had this idea for like, like a magazine issue. I saw a math one, like, oh, this is perfect. So I'm glad you all started that. Yeah, it was really cool. I definitely have to put a little credit as we are talking the Kobe deer basketball thing just kept popping into my head as we were kind of trying to hash this project into itself. And we kind of gave it another look and it all came together when we were trying to format how we would, you know, at the time you also saw there was like a influx of those nomination challenges. You know, everybody was nominating everybody for everything. Um, And we were like, okay, we don't want it to be a nomination because we really want it to have a deeper meaning. But if we make it like a inspirational message, kind of like the deer basketball, I think it could attract men, women, players, collegiate, professional, like the whole widespread. And that's kind of been our target ever since. So when you wrote your Dear Volleyball, how did it go? I wrote mine really early on and I put a little bit of it on the fast pace track just so that we could get ones, get ours out there and get this started. I was really excited. So mine was like transitional. I was like, I'm leaving Cyprus and I don't know what's coming. I hope this isn't the end of volleyball, but I'm hopeful and I'm nervous and yada, yada, yada. So I think I would have a bit of a different message now that I look back. I thought about it. I was like, maybe I do another one. But yeah, at the time it was definitely like, dear volleyball, I am so confused what the hell is going on. Please don't be done. I still want you as my career. Yeah. and to let me like get out of this country. So <laughs> it, was, it was definitely different than it is for me now. But So if you look at where you were then, you know, that near ball with what you are now, what would you say or what would it, what would like the, the emotion be? You know, message is still the same. I hope it's not the end. I do miss it. I, I, it would be more or less like dear volleyball. I miss you. I really hope that there's more to come. But now I've come to realize that there is another option in life that's being presented. And I'm seeking out something new with all the gratefulness in the world for what volleyball has given me. And 
yeah, for me, I'm kind of looking down two paths now. Like, is a career a better decision because we don't know what's to come with volleyball or do I still seek out volleyball as my profession a little bit longer? I think this project has really given me an open mind on things, especially reading everybody's. You know, we've gotten so many athletes that are both new pros, collegiate players, beach pros, or Olympic level players that are at completely different parts of their career. And so it's kind of let you open your eyes and get a better idea of how it can be and kind of it put me at ease, which is what we would hope everybody else kind of got from this. And it really, at least personally, it's done kind of that. Kind of made your emotion valid, right? In the sense of like, yeah, it's okay to settle it. in, and yeah. So as we're here approaching, you know, releasing this magazine, we're doing all the other things, you know, we're trying to figure out what is this COVID life, you know, that outside of this. Where do you hope to see things go, or what do you? I don't know. Like what's your future thinking like, or are you no idea? Well, man, I would still say unknown. My agent is out there looking for contracts for me. He said it's just also less in their control right now. And a lot of COVID still has the reins on things. You know, leagues are rebudgeting. What money is left from sponsors? And, and a lot of stuff are, is still out of their control, out of volleyball's control. So I'm just patiently waiting. I haven't decided what I want to do. Do I want to play? If I do, what's there for me? And if I don't, how am I going to like seek out the next market? And my the industry I'm interested in took a hit from COVID. So the patience game is is my new challenge. What, what industry is that you mind sharing? Creative industry. So content creation, marketing, social media management tied to photography. I've just been so interested in all things creative. Granted, it wasn't like it was when I was in college. It's all on the computer now. But um, yeah, I would love to get involved in some uh, digital marketing stuff, something like that. Cool, cool. That's what's up. Yeah. Okay. So this is a little, a little bit from you though. Like since you're over there in Germany, I'm going to need like, like one of those paintings behind you. Like we talked about it earlier. I'm going to need like... <laughs> this guy. I know. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. Like I can take you on a house tour, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the rest of the house actually looks like. <laughs> like it's right here. I made that. I saw yours. It's just it's, as good. It's a little janky, you know, the, the tree getting blown over a little bit, but. Oh, is this your quarantine art or quarantine art or whatever they want to call it? That was pre-quarantine, like, like a month earlier at like paint. With okay. You so, already knew something was coming or you needed some like background I, for I, I, all of your video. I need something because I'm like, man, it's all blank walls and like, and like credentials. So I'm like, all right, we got to get them up and get something better. You can't even see your credentials. You got to put them on the other wall. The cre- creative mind. The <laughs> creative mind. There we I'm hanging up and it's like a little exactly. The Yeah. Good idea. Now you also have another hobby to do during this quarantine. It's perfect. Two for one. True. I can't cook, though. That's like my kill me right now. Like I'm cooking totally like, like bare minimum. I'm like, yo, we got to, when it's all over, I got to get like some lessons from like, some they have, I'm sure they have to have videos out there. Like what was the OG cooking stuff? It's like Betty Crocker or whatever. I haven't looked. I don't have patience. I, for following recipes, I just throw everything in. So yeah. I probably could use it also. If it's just me, I just do cook. If it's just me, like watching the video, I know I'm going to butcher it. But if in my kitchen, like, or in some restaurant, they're going to like, actually handhold me, like to coach me to make sure I don't like come. I don't do the thing. You got to go to like, I think there's some, there's like cooking classes, Sir Latable, something like this where you can go in and 
bring someone with you and make it a date or a day plan. And exactly. that'll get you to learn how that's perfect. Post quarantine life. Yeah. <laughs> no, more things we have to look forward to after. So, so now we, we fast forward to today, right? You, you've had the career and you, you, you came down to a choice of, all right, do I want to play another season? How, how did that thought process go? How did that conversation, because we just came off of, I guess we could say, Matt point COVID, right? When, where, where? Ooh, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you I'm get better. that? Hey, that was all you. <laughs> but like you came off, you came, came off that. And like, now it's like, all right, you had a, a period of where volleyball really stopped. And now you're like, all right, it's picking back up. So how did you kind of approach that conversation with yourself? Like, do I want to keep playing or do I want to look at this next chapter of Taylor's journey? This question started to really stick with me in an honest sense, actually the year before this one. So right after like mid COVID or like the beginning of COVID, um, it just kind of made you rethink like if sports are gone, what's next? Because that was when everything was getting canceled, not this past year. And I was just like, I think this is a good time. Maybe I should, but I don't really want to be done. Like, blah, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it really started to make me con- just push a little harder into like what's next, even though I was kind of planning on playing and push comes to shove. I played that year and now I'm here. And, and again, another kind of personal situation for me happened is I got injured and So I was kind of like forced to the side, which again, brought up the, do I want to play again? Can I play? Will I be able to play? If not, what do I do? Um, So push comes to shove. I did sign a contract. I was ready to play, but um, as I was dealing with this and looking into new work, I just kind of started digging into the skills that I want to grow and the, you know, different things that I want to get better at. And then what do those types of jobs look like? Because I, you know, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, And from that, I kind of started gaining confidence in what was next. You just kind of feel like you have a little bit of a path or a little direction, or you find something you like that you can, you know, fill out a, a resume or a, um, a job application with a little bit of, you know, certainty enough to allow me to confidently or not even confidently, but in some way move away from the game. I'm still glad that my injury kind of like had to kick me there because knowing myself, like I probably would have jumped back in playing again, but you know, when it came down to it, like now that I'm healthy, I'm still choosing to stay and I'm still choosing to work and I'm okay that I've moved on. But um, yeah, it's a really weird process coming out of being a professional athlete and then being, well, grabbing the ground and starting from zero and rechecking your ego and all those things, you know what I mean? Starting fresh. Well, you know what you do? Cause you, you us that a lot, you know, like we're far enough a little bit. So you're clear clutch. I mean, you know, it's some, it's because you're asking about things you're asking for my help with things that I enjoy. And of course I want to be able to help. I want to give this sport back 
things that it's given me. And also I want to help people that feel as lost or as confused or as intrigued because it's also positive leaving volleyball as I was. Um, like what are the things that I enjoy going to do for me in a new world or in a new chapter? So when well, I help, I try. <laughs> clutch. So, so now you're, you're here and you're, you know, you're, you're now in this phase. So what did that work life look like or this new chapter? Like, like what did that <laughs> it, cause, cause earlier you're asking me after a really long work day? Um, so I will be not biased, but it's, I chose a job that is in all in office, which is weird for COVID times, but just knowing that I had a lot to learn, I wanted to be in that environment. Um, that would kind of like excel that ability. And also I was given a great job opportunity by the company I'm working for now. Um, they were like, look, we're recreating culture. We love what you sound like, your ambition, blah, blah, blah. You, we don't, we know you don't have the experience, but like that's learned. And so I'm in office working, you know, 10 ish hour days, eight to 10. And yeah, it's a grind. It's not the same grind that you're used to in the volleyball world. <laughs> I am like, oh, I need to do squats in the office. I'm still so <laughs> energized, but, um, but it's, it's a lot. It's my brain. It's just been like on overdrive since I started because you're like, okay, this is a new muscle I haven't used in a while, but, but nonetheless, it's, it's, but if, if we go back to the first part of the conversation we had, you said you, you saw your friend's mom and she worked for magazine and she did, you know, the creative stuff. And you said, I want to do something in that realm. Are you, are you kind of, you kind of doing that stuff now with the photography and this and you're we're now doing PR stuff, right? Um, I was now I'm actually, I'm an account executive at a branding and marketing agency. So I'm a little more hands-off on the creative. I do some copy and um, I help with, stuff but I'm not the the direct on the um on those things but yes I was doing some freelance PR and I was doing some photography all the things that kind of like dabbled on that creative side for me um but you know it's so different and that that was the hard thing for me coming back into the work world it's not the same as it was it's all digital and I never had that tangibility of like of that creative that I loved. So I was kind of like, maybe I just need to shift and, and find a compliment that's not the creative because I fell really behind from being intimidated by all these like Adobe platforms. And I was like, I don't know how to use this. How am I supposed to be an artist? You know? So um, yeah, I just wanted to try something that was people facing. I love people. I love working with them. I've learned them living all over the world and I guess maybe that's creative in a fashion, like learning people how to work with them and create with them. So I put myself in this position that manages people instead of um, things. Things. So if anyone listening right now, you know, volleyball player that's kind of volleyball, any athlete that's going through that transition, whether that's from college to profession to working world or from pro to working world, what would be your biggest advice on? that that next step that chapter that's coming ahead of them um I would say be patient and compassionate with yourself I 
have been forcing myself to try and figure out what I wanted for years. And I realized that you just have to be a little fearless and you have to try and apply, meaning literally apply to jobs, just apply yourself into certain efforts and things. And you end up kind of like slowly finding your way towards what you want instead of thinking it'll come to you. Um, so I would just say like, honestly, it's patience. It's silly as that sounds. Yeah. Trust the journey. Yeah. Which sucks. Cause I was not a patient person and I'm still not a patient person and I'm still looking and trying to figure things out. So with our... yeah. Aren't we all right? So I know you got to go. So I got like two more questions for you. So social media wise, where are you at? Websites, kind of you got photography going, where can people find more about you and your photos? My um, Instagram is taylormilton.photography. And then that's my work page. And my, my personal is Tay Milton. And then my website is taylorstrinkets.com. It's a little outdated, but it has all my travels that I was in tune with prior to finishing my career. Boom. And were you, were you, were you the one of your articles for the, for the magazine too, by the way, the one about the coffee shops, is that okay? Oh my gosh. In Germany or something. I don't remember. I, read about it. I, I think so. I think it was like, you lived in like three different cities and I think it was in, I think it was maybe. It Greece. Kind of Greece. Yeah. I don't know. I wrote was, about coffee everywhere. That's it was like, like one of was like, you drinking coffee. like Yuka, something like that or you Yuker. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, okay. where you? it's all yours. <laughs> all right. Clutch. Well, Miss Milton, we appreciate you having coming on, you know, sharing a little about your story, you know, and I think what you guys started with Matt's point is like dope because we all need to find a place to feel connected. Yeah. Sense of community for sure. And hopefully that's what we created. I guess we'll have to see. Boom. But thank you so much. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.